Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a blustery Friday here in Las Vegas. It was snowing uh, this morning, uh, believe it or not. Uh, but, hey, I'm cool with it. I like uh, a little weather uh, change every now and again. You can't always have great sunny blue sky uh, weather as we normally have here in Nevada and this part of uh, of the Western Hemisphere. So uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I liked it. Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, we're closing out the week strong in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And uh, some more moves today by the Raiders. Uh, a couple of contract restructures um, on behalf of Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski to open up another $7.1-ish million in salary cap space uh, for the Raiders to utilize uh, here in these next couple of weeks as free agency uh, gets set uh, to open. Um, you know, uh, we mention this all the time. The restructures are always a tool that you can use. Now, keep in mind, um, as of right now, Corey Littleton will not be on the roster. His contract runs out after next year. He's, he originally signed a three-year deal. So what they're doing now, as it, as it looks on the books, he's going to count like $7 million uh, against their salary cap in a couple of years when, as of right now, he's not even, he's not even going to be on the team. We'll see if he is or not, and they, they do something uh, to rectify that. But those are always the concerns and kind of the dangers of restructuring the contracts. It all looks good uh, in present time, but you're always going to have to pay the piper. And when I say the piper, uh, it doesn't mean cash because that's already been expended and, and, and given to the player. It's paying the salary cap piper uh, because at some point that's always going to be reflected. Every dollar that you spend, literal dollar that you spend, uh, gets reflected somehow, some way, whether it's today, tomorrow, or two years from now. If you want to spread it over uh, the course of, uh, of a few years, even um, on in years where those contracts get vo- eventually get voided, that's the danger uh, in doing that. It's not something that the Raiders really like to do a, a whole lot. No team really likes to do it a whole lot because, again, um, while it looks good right now, it's going to hurt at some point down the road. But uh, the Raiders are gearing up, obviously, um, if you if you throw in Gabe Jackson's nine point seven million dollar contract, which um, one way or another is either going to be far less than what it is, I suspect, or just completely off the books uh, here in the in the next week or so, either by trading him or, or cutting him, uh, and then you add in Marcus Mariota's contract if the Raiders find a trade partner or just release him, uh, which you know ten point seven million dollars in today's uh climate with the with where the salary cap is, I would suspect that he's going to be he's played his last game with the Raiders now you're looking at around fifty million dollars for the Raiders of buying power uh, for the Raiders as they enter free agency. What do they have up their sleeves? I have some ideas uh, I did a blueprint um, that uh, is going to run in Sunday's edition of the Las Vegas Review Journal but um, you know, just to give you a, a little bit of a heads up, and we'll talk about it today. It's a combination of making a couple of pretty fairly big signings early on to address some major needs, uh, then um, taking a look at the secondary market um, right behind those, you know, the star players 
uh, to find some bargains. Uh, and also, uh, it also accounts for um, re-signing some, some key players, Nelson Aguilar, Denzel Good, uh, potentially uh, Nicholas Morrow. Uh, none of those guys are going to break the bank, so I think that the Raiders are going to be in pretty good shape uh, to be able to uh, to re-sign those guys. But, uh, you know, just to... Without trying to give it all away, I've got him uh, signing uh, John Johnson. I've got him signing Dalvin Tomlinson. I've got him signing Melvin Ingram. I've got him signing Mitchell Schwartz. Um, and uh, also uh, Troy Hill, uh, cornerback from the Rams, as a uh, as a guy that's been a really steady player uh, the last few years, either as a reserve coming off the bench, you know, in a, in in in, uh, in nickel dime coverages, or when pressed into starting duties, has always flourished uh, there with the Rams. So, um, you know, guys like that is who are guys that I'd be looking at if I was the Raiders. But certainly, uh, the Dalvin Tomlinson and John Johnson uh, additions. Um, you know, making a, a fairly big splash uh, in free agency. The Raiders have the money to be able to do it. John Johnson, I think, um, the ripple effect of bringing him in um, in regards to upgrading free safety at a at a at a big time on a big time basis, um, and then also how he helps Jonathan Abram being a guy that can go play closer to the line of scrimmage, kind of being used in a way that uh, somebody mentioned it uh, today on a podcast that I was on kind of being like, being used in a way like Jamal Adams um has been used uh whether it was with the Jets or or now with the Seattle Seahawks where you let him roam let him do his thing um as a uh, as a playmaker near close to the line of scrimmage on blitzes against the runs and let and let John who's an excellent pass cover uh uh you know uh, fill that role um you know, so he helps Jonathan Abram. He helps the young cornerbacks. I've seen firsthand how how John uh, uh, Johnson has helped the cornerbacks that he's played behind in Los Angeles, even a Troy Hill. Um, so uh, you know, he he benefits in so many different ways. And and to me, um, you know, you obviously have to be prudent and careful uh, in how much uh, money you spend and and how you utilize your resources. But I think that's a must need position and a must have player. And, uh, taking a look at Dalvin Tomlinson, who I've done some you know film research on uh, the New York Giants defensive tackle. Um, look, he's a guy that has been an elite run stopper for a while now. And while uh, up until this year, this year he really improved his pass rush um, ability from the inside, so that's a good sign moving forward. Uh, but even at the numbers you know that he was producing in previous years. Um, you have to take into account that the position that he was playing, what he, uh, a lot of times what he was doing is you know, eating up double teams and allowing the, in, the exterior players around him uh, more room to roam uh, in, in pass rush. So a guy like that, um, if, he's get, if, he, if, if the improvement that he made in, in pass rush last year is any indication, uh, then he's going to be a, a, a really solid interior defensive lineman uh, that's going to help Clee Farrell. It's going to help... Uh, you know, Max Crosby, uh, and I think paired with Maurice Hurst, uh, who, you know, turned in a, a pretty solid year last year. Um, you know, nothing to be ashamed at whatsoever. He played good football uh, when he was out there. Now you have a fairly young, kind of coming into their own uh, defensive tackle uh, tandem. Um, I've got the Raiders signing uh, Melvin Ingram. You know, the pass rusher from the Los Angeles Chargers uh, has a long history with uh, Gus Bradley. Um, if he's behind his injuries, uh, he's a guy that, you know, if you look at it playing opposite Clee Farrell uh, and in, in, in a tandem, kind of a rotation with Max Crosby, I think both of those players can can sort of utilize each other in terms of 
remaining fresh when they're on the field. Uh, so you cut Melvin Ingram's time shared with Max Crosby, and now you have uh, kind of a two-headed defensive end um, spot over there uh, that I think can, can can pay dividends. Now, you know, in doing my uh, blueprint, you know, spent heavy at that free safety spot and spent heavy at the defensive tackle spot with, with Tomlinson and then kind of scaled back a little bit at, at defensive end. I just feel like the draft – uh, has some players that um, are going to be able to help on the edge. So I think the combination of bringing in a Melvin Ingram, whoever the draft pick is, Max Crosby, Cleve Farrell, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Tack McKinley. Uh, you know, see what happens with Arden Key if he's back. He had a fairly decent year last year, but he might be uh, somebody that, you know, uh, the, 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 the Raiders move on from. You, know, you still have Carl Nassib, and I know that I've been getting a lot of questions about Carl Nassib. Do you keep him? Um, do you cut him? If you cut him, you're going to eat some money, but you're also going to save a little bit of money under the salary cap, so it could go both ways for him. But, you know, I, I go back to this. As a, as a guy that can come in and just rush the passer, I'm wondering if in the new system, you know, with Gus Bradley taking over um, and Rod Marinelli kind of following orders now from Gus rather than Paul Gunther, I'm wondering if the way those defensive ends are going to be utilized, if it's going to help a guy like uh, Carl Nassib just kind of get back on on, check, on track. Um, and if so, you know, is he ever going to be worth the contract that he signed? Maybe not. But, you know, at this point, you've paid uh, him. You, you, you've, you've given him a lot of money. Um, if he could just be somebody that uh, can help you at this point, that's really all you're looking for. You know, uh, he doesn't need to light the world on fire. He just needs to be a nice complementary piece, productive, reliable off the bench. And if he can, uh, then again, that, that, that really helps. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, Walk Dog Jones. Uh, interesting name, but I'll, I'm cool with that. Uh, what you got, my man? It's just Lock Dog, boss. It's good to talk to you. Um, Wanted to talk about the uh, this off season instead of the the nitty gritty of us trying to predict who's going to be signed. Mm-hmm. I look at this off season of cuts and tell me what you think about it. Off season of cuts as what an opportunity for many NFL teams to come in under the radar and really make a push for a deep run in the playoffs with these talented cuts. you got a chance for rookies to step up on many teams. It's not going to be, a, I don't think, a powerhouse year like we've seen in the NFL years of old of the traditional Green Bay, Kansas City. Pittsburgh. So you're saying, you're, you're saying um, uh, because teams have to really scale back to fit the salary cap, uh, the Kansas Cities of the world, it's going to remove the juggernaut kind of kind of dynamic of a, of one team just going to running or a couple of teams just running away and hiding. It's going to level off the playing field, is what you're saying. It's, it's going to level it more than ever before in the NFL, unprecedented year, and it's going to go up next year. Am I correct with the cap? Next well, here's the cap? here's the uh, here's the issue. Um, uh, okay, so just to get it to the $182 million that it is this year, it really should be about 160 maybe even 155 based on uh, revenue that was generated last year. Uh, because of COVID-19, without fans being able to come to games, and it cut into a lot of revenues that the, that the, that the league typically 
taps into. Because of that, the salary cap should really be 160 or maybe even below. But, you know, obviously the players were like, hey, we don't want to take the hit in one lump sum over over one year. So they worked with the NFL to basically borrow against their future, um, you know, uh, revenue and and soften the blow this year. So what should have been like 160, they borrowed against the fu- future uh, revenue to get it to about to 182 $182 million. So you do the math, that's a lot of money that they had to borrow because that 182 is 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 times 132 or excuse me, times 32 teams. So right. you're you're looking at about, you know, let's say Let's say if it was if it really if 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 revenue was really like a would have represented 160 million in, in revenue, um, that's 22 million dollars times 32. So that money has to get paid back at some point. So even if it does go up next year based on revenue, it's not going to truly be reflected because at some point the players have to start paying back what they're borrowing. So if it should have gone up by $20 million, maybe it'll only go up by $10 million because they're paying back a portion of it, if not all of it. Or if it, if it, if it realistically could go up to 192 from 182 this year, um, you have to look at it as it might just be $5 million because they'll pay back uh, half of that. So uh, it, it's a little bit tricky on, on how that's going to be accounted for. But um, keep in mind this. There's a big TV contract coming, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised in talking to some folks if it wasn't uh, yeah, if it wasn't announced sometime before this season. So that could definitely offset you know, the, the damage. But again, um, whatever it does go by, uh, up by, uh, it, it, you have to take it down a little bit because at some point these players are going to be paying back what they borrowed. But yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, I think that... You know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're coming back to, to earth a little bit, and we saw that in the playoffs last year, um, especially in that Super Bowl when their tackles weren't out there. Both those tackles have been cut. So they're going to replace those tackles, but there's no guarantee they're going to replace them at the level that, of the players that they lost. But they had, to, they had to do something because they were so far over the salary cap. Um, so other teams are in that situation, and you know uh, the Raiders aren't. Of course, uh, well, they they aren't because they've they've you know uh, uh, reworked some contracts and they've gotten rid of some players, but none of the players that they got rid of so thus far, to me, are groundbreaking, earth-shattering, team-breaking, um, you know, uh, releases. In fact, I think they could get better in in most cases, or at least stay level, uh, you know, relative to who who they have gotten rid of yet uh, so far. So um, we'll see. But I historically. Historically, we should get better. The second and third year players should get better now. And it's going to come down to all of these teams, who's the best at drafting, and if your rookies and second year players are going to play good. It could be uh, sneaky teams getting in the playoffs, and I think the Raiders could make a run. We've underperformed in the defense, everybody knows. I think we can change that this year. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, and I agree. I think that uh, it's incumbent. It has to happen. They have to get better in the Damon Arnett's and the Trayvon Mullins uh, and Corey Littleton, you know, just just finding his footing uh, here in Las Vegas. And, and Max Crosby needs to get better. Cleve Farrell needs to continue to get better, although I think he was by far uh, the best um, Raiders defensive player uh, last year along the defensive line and, and really is on the, on, the, on the upswing. He's definitely headed in the right direction. We'll get back into that because I know – 
uh, Raider Nation seems to dislike <laughs> Clee Farrell. It, 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 it mystifies me. You want to argue against a player that's not as good because he's made some fat, flashy plays against your own guy who is a good football player. I don't get it. Um, I kind of it's, – it's, it's along the same lines as Derek Carr. He's a top-10 quarterback. Why are you running from that? Why are you trying to argue against that? Uh, you, you would think as a fan base you'd embrace the fact that you have a good quarterback. You'd embrace the fact that you have a really good young defensive end who continues to get better instead because you – you know, some fans have made up their minds on draft night that Cleve Farrell was, you know, a reach at four, and, and maybe he was. But I'll tell you this, he's outperforming the guys that were drafted immediately behind him. And just go look at the stats. Go look, not even the stats, go look at the film. And for anyone who says, oh, pro football focus, the argument that some, you know, people are presenting on, you, you, you don't understand what they're doing then if you're arguing against them. You don't understand the lengths that they go. Um, the various categories, uh, the various means and metrics and, and way they break these things down. It's not just, hey, he made a couple of good, good plays in this game. That must, he, you know, he had a good game, so we'll give him a good grade. They get so into the woods on this and into the weeds on this uh, that it kind of makes your head spin, but it's really valuable information. Just go look at it and, and stop with the argument that Devin White is a better player than, than Clee Farrell uh, at their respective, respective positions, because they're not. They're just not. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Joe? Good. How are you guys? Can you hear me? Yep. Got you, brother. Hey, quick question. I think you're on with Lincoln Kennedy as well. Yeah, he's uh, taking some time to uh, spend with the family during the offseason, but he will be back. Okay. Hey, so this question is about Kyle Long. And what do you guys think are the options of, of possibly signing him? And if we did, would he make a, a suitable right tackle? As opposed, I know he's played guard a lot, but I'm wondering if you think he can fit in at right tackle. He probably could because you know he's like kind of a cat and and he'd get it figured out. My my my, and I think that. But if you're going to sign uh, Kyle Long, I think it would be um, you know to play guard. Um, there's the, you know there's the possibility again that Gabe Jackson um, is is on his way out. So I think that you know uh, he definitely could could fill that void. Uh, but but my one concern about Kyle Long is just the injuries and the fact that you know I'd have to go look at the game logs, uh, but. You know, when he was out there and, and he just wasn't being able to, he wasn't able to play on a consistent basis. Now, um, you know, uh, maybe sitting out uh, the time that he sat out, um, that might help a, a little bit because uh, maybe he's got, you know, been able to get his body right and uh, his health back. Uh, but let me just check it out. Okay, so he played, I mean, here's the deal. Like 2016, he played eight games. You know, 2017, he played 10 games. 2018, he played eight games. 2019, he played four games. I mean, that's just scary to me <laughs> right there. Uh, he might, like I said, he he may have uh, gotten it all together and with the year, and sometimes that definitely helps, just refreshed, recharged, uh, whatever aches and pains, whatever issues he was dealing with these last few years. You know, maybe this past season sitting out puts him behind, you know, beyond that, but I, you know, um, that's that's a concern of mine. Uh, how many games he just hasn't he played these last long. few years? So, you know, kind of worried. Would would be worried about you know handing him the job uh, and expecting him to be out there game in and game out. If he can, then he's definitely uh, you know somebody that you'd have to be interested in. But those injuries are uh, a real thing and have been 
a real thing for a little while now. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Nation, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Friday. Uh, going back out to the Raider Nation listener line because Mark in the Bay Area wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Mark? Hey, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. Um, hey, I uh, didn't get to call in yesterday. I wanted to because of that whole debate. And um, I'm with you. I thought Clee took a really big step forward last year. You know, he uh, he really sets the edge. And I noticed, you know, when he missed a few games, he was out. The, the edge was not being set the same way. Um, I thought he affected, you know, the pocket a lot, even though he wasn't getting the sacks. He was close a lot of times. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Clee Farrell is going to be a really, really good player. You know, he's only going into his third year. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of times a really big jump from year two to year three. And, I expect that this year. I think he's going to, you know, uh, he's going to be much, much better. Um, my, I, my thing, Devin White, like, you know, I don't, I, I don't claim to see all Tampa Bay's games. You know, he, he was to me, he, he was good, but he wasn't great. Like, you know, looking at the numbers, I, I think there's a guy where I live here in the Bay Area, Fred Warner. I don't know what he rates out at, but boy, that guy can not only play the run, but he plays the pass. And the reason I bring him up, Benny is, you know, we talked a while back about trading that, that pick number 17. Now, it might be too early in the process, but in a year or two, you know, the Niners are going to have some, because they drafted pretty well, they're going to have some tough decisions coming up. They got Bosa coming up in a couple years, uh, Fred Warner. You know, you can't pay all these guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fred Warner as a middle linebacker? Well, you know, um, and, and keep in mind, Kwiatkowski is the middle linebacker, so it would be um, sure. alongside, you know, uh, he and Corey Littleton. So uh, I, I, I like I like him. I th- I'm wondering if, uh, and you know, I, I did a blueprint for uh, for free agency, and I was I was thinking about you know, M- Morrow is not going to break the bank, uh, and I think that you know you could bring him in back in on a two-year six million dollar deal if it even takes that uh, to be honest and I think that it just seems like his play is starting to uh, to move in the right direction and you give him another two years to see if if, if you were right about that but I also think there's some really good uh, linebacker prospects uh, in that second and third round um, of, 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 of the draft so I'm wondering if it's if that's an area where you know the the Raiders can can look to bring in some young reinforcements uh, through the draft. Uh, they've also got J- Javin White, who they really like. They've got Tanner Muse, who they really like. Um, and so I think I don't I don't really see the aside from bringing back um, you know uh, Morrow on a on a very reasonable contract. I don't see them spending so much money um, in free agency at, at, at linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know I like your I like your blueprint, uh, Vinny. And boy, if we got uh, John Johnson and Dalvin Tomlinson, I mean, I'll be doing cartwheels. That'd be amazing. Um, you know, but the only thing with Melvin Ingram, you know, we talked about, you know, hopefully the free agents we bring in are guys in their prime, like a John Johnson and 
you know, a Dalvin. I, I guess maybe where you're going with the Melvin Ingram is for leadership and maybe rotating in. But, you know, the last couple of years, last year he was injured. I think he played seven games. Um, and then the year before, you know, I think he had like seven sacks, zero sacks last year. So, I don't know, he's 31, he'll be 32 coming up. Um, but I get where you're going with that because you can't pay everyone. I mean, if they if they don't get Tomlinson and they were able to get a Hendrickson from New Orleans, you know, I guess it'll depend on, you know, uh, where the chips fall. But we're, you know, do you follow what I'm saying? If, if you can't get a Tomlinson, maybe instead of Ingram, you get a Hendrickson. What do you think of that? There's no doubt. And when I was writing that the, the blueprint, you know, all of these names, you know, you're just, you, you know, you you you're thinking, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And they all, a lot of them make a lot of sense, but there's only a finite amount of money to spend. But if, if, if they can't bring in Tomlinson, uh, then, then that change, that would change my calculus because then, uh, if I'm, if I'm the Raiders, then I'm definitely looking at an edge, you know, spending some more money on, on edge and maybe, maybe dealing with the defensive tackle position in the draft or a little bit further down in free agency on that second wave of, of, of free agency. So um, you could take the money that you were going to give Tomlinson and then turn to, uh, you know, a Trey Hendrickson or a Shaq Barrett. We'll see if, if he hits the open market at any point. Uh, guys like that, to uh, you know, in, in uh, Yannick Ngagwe, maybe um, uh, Jadavian Clowney uh, could be somebody that, uh, that, that you bring in. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it changes. Everything changes based on who you can or who you who you who you can't get. But you know, in Ingram, in his case, um, certainly if he's if he's healthy, then I expect a bounce back year. He's still 32. He takes care of himself. He knows the system. He's versatile. Uh, and if you if you address defensive end in free agency, uh, or excuse me, in the draft, uh, and you also have Max Crosby, a, a guy like Ingram. You know, you're you're not necessarily having to play every single down uh, at this stage of his career, and and maybe that benefits both him and whoever you bring in in the draft and and, and Max Crosby because you can, uh, you know, utilize some sort of a, a, a rotation that keeps everybody fresh. Uh, back out. Thanks a lot for the call, Mark uh, in the Bay. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider T uh, wants to talk about uh, the Raiders. How you doing, man? Raider T, are you with us? No, he is not. All right. Uh, no worries. We will go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Um, is this Tiki Talmain? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, hey, Vinny. Ed Chow, my friend. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my nickname there. Love it, brother. All right. What you got, man? <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, yeah, uh, I owe Clee uh, and Mike Mayock a big apology. Uh, you're <laughs> right. I looked at that pro football focus. I looked at the numbers. It's clearly right there. Um, what I got in my head, though, Vinny, was at, as soon as we drafted on ESPN, NFL radio, they all just beat the living you-know-what out of us, telling us how much of a reach it was. And, you know, that, that stayed in my mind, and um, that was wrong on my part. I should have just watched more of the film. Um, a couple of my buddies and I, we, uh, after, uh, you know, you told us that uh, yesterday, um, couple of my friends and I, we uh, got on YouTube and we looked at Clee. And uh, especially like that last caller said, when he was out, we couldn't set the edge at all. I mean, okay, maybe he not he might not be a sack master, but if he can get an 8 or 9 or 10, if he can draw double teams, which he did. Uh, uh, the game against uh, 
Denver. I think he drove, uh, uh, got uh, triple teamed. So, um, he also look at the game he had against the Jets. Um, I, you know, yeah, where, where against that big old kid. Yeah, man. Uh, right. Exactly, uh, and it, who, who, a, a guy that he actually grew up uh, near, so he knew him. He he knows he he knew he knew the kid from back in their days in Virginia, uh, growing up. So he kind of had the edge on on that and was able to uh, utilize his his knowledge, um, uh, you know, of him in a way that benefited yeah, him. Ben, but yeah, the kid's name is Vic. Yeah, uh, a ate his lunch. I mean, he just yes. ate his lunch. and and um, he's capable of doing that. He's definitely capable of doing that. I think the the more he um, develops as the pass rush part of it, you know, obviously the better it's going to look to fans. But he, he he's also very very good at a bunch of other things that you need to have at defensive end, especially uh, uh, in the way that you know this defense is is structured. So, um, you know, I, I think getting him some help too uh, along the inside is it, you know is going to uh, enhance the pass rush stuff, but. Uh, it, it just I, I, I just don't understand it. When you have a good player, somebody that you can project as being a big-time piece moving forward on a championship-caliber defense, and, there, and make no mistake, he can. He can absolutely be a big-time piece on a championship-caliber defense. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that right yeah. now. There's no nothing... about it. And what, what, like a lot of us Raider fans, we just want one of them dogs as a linebacker. We haven't had one since... Uh, uh, Kurt Morrison was okay, but um, we haven't had a, a badass in years. I can't remember the last time we had a like a real dog in there. Maybe Rod Martin. And kind of come to oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's well, you know, I, I, I think that um, you know, uh, I got Nick Kwiatkowski was a better player too <laughs> than Devin White was last year. Uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah. Court, <laughs> yeah, you know, he he uh, he, he just was and. Um, he did better in pass coverage. He did better, um, you know, uh, 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 in, in in run defense. And I know that everyone they're throwing all the, throwing the the the, the tackles uh, out, uh, out at you. But sometimes, you know, you can't just judge it on you know volume of tackles. Um, it's it's you have to look at there's a there's a couple of different uh, today's linebacker has to do everything. Otherwise, you're just a or otherwise you're just a one dimensional kind of a player and you're yeah. a, and you're a a, a real um, detriment you know in, in another and, and that's in pass coverage and he hasn't been good in pass coverage uh, whatsoever he's 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 had a couple of good games in the pass rush so that there, there were two games last year six of his nine sacks came in two two games one of them was against the Raiders so I could see how Raider yeah, fans yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah he, uh, and that's the we remember that game our our whole offensive line couldn't even practice it, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was um, that week where where the Raiders' offensive line was not in the building, wasn't even allowed in the building for an entire week, and had to go out there and play uh, on Sunday. By the way, uh, thank you, um, Trent Brown, for doing that because it was his fault. Uh, yeah, um, uh, good riddance. Good riddance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. When exactly. Here, when he actually played, he was okay. But uh, talk about linebacker. Okay, my pick for number seventeen. If we keep it, that kid from Tulsa, I believe, uh, Zane Collins. Please, uh, he he can do it all. He's a bigger cat, and he's a dancing bear. So I really like that guy. Um, before I go, Benny, I'll, I'll like to tell you my free agent. Hopefully, we can sign these guys. First and foremost, your guy from the Rams. Oh, he's my guy too, uh, uh, John Johnson. John Please, Johnson, yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then I I believe uh, Ingram's already staying in Vegas right now at a at a hotel. So maybe Ingram. 
Uh, I really would like that. And uh, a trade, Vinny. I would like a trade to get that right tackle from the Rams. What's it, Hovenstein? What's his name? Rob Havenstein. Yes, we need that cat. Look, he's under contract. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I in my blueprint, I had I had him signing Mitchell Schwartz, uh, but I think that um, you know if you if you the Rams are so up against it on their salary cap, you know, thirty three million dollars over uh, it, and they they've drafted uh, tackles, so um, they they you know they may. And they always ha- they always feel good about their drafts, so so maybe they feel like they could dra- they can replace a Rob Haven scene in the draft or uh, with. Hey, Vinny, don't they have a backup linebacker that's uh, a pretty pretty uh, agile cat? The Rams that uh, the free agent. Uh, I think he, he was hurt a couple years. I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name. They have uh, as a free, as in terms of free agency, they have. Uh, I'll look at the Rams free agents, um, but uh, I know Leonard Floyd, uh, who they, they brought in last. Yeah, he was from the Rams, I believe. Yeah, he played last year for the Rams. I think he's gonna. Uh, he's a guy that you know. If you're the Raiders, um, you know, uh, you, you definitely may uh, keep an eye on that. Um, so you know, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I just the, the whole thing about about Farrell. Uh, it, it just you know you know. I just I just wish fan, Raider fans understood what they had in him because they're arguing against him and for a lesser player for whatever reason. You know I don't what it know. Is, Vinny, though? It, 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 it's your trade. It's a lot of the sports talk. Even our own guys, the Raider announcers, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to know other names, but listen, uh, I've listened. Whatever I can get my hands on, I listen or I read. And okay. They all beat the hell out of saying how, how much of a reach it was. And uh, it, it gets to us. You know, then we start start kind of believing that narrative, but if you just watch film and, 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 and pay attention and use pro football, football focus for what it is, I mean, like you said, they're doing some weird science and they're deep into it. Those boys know a hell of a lot more than, than we know. Um, yeah, and it's not like, 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 here's the thing, you know, go look at Jonathan Amram, uh, 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 was 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 greater really? I mean, like he's one of the based on the grades. Um, you know, he's like the second or third worst safety in the in the league. He's got a lot to improve. Uh, you know, uh, moving move, moving forward. Um, so, Vinny, do you think his future might be a, uh, maybe like a weak side linebacker, or maybe that uh, that that uh, remember that cat that plays for the Arizona Cardinals, Phoenix Cardinals? That he's kind of a safety, but he he just played that hybrid linebacker safety role. Uh, not not that Simmons kid, but that other kid that was, that was before him. Buddha, um, I'd have to I'd have to look at that. But no, I, I think I think ideally, uh, and I'm not saying he's as good of a player as as who I'm about ready to mention. Um, but you know, if you could if you can utilize him more, uh, you know, like a like a Jamal Adams uh, was being used. <laughs> You know, like like oh, that, like like being heart, able to just free him up to go to go rush the passer and you know make plays uh, in, in that regard and, and play the run and play smaller part parts of the of the field. There was another comp that I had. I, I, I it's, it's just escaping me here. Um, but if you're, that's the kind of safety that he is. That's the kind of role that I think he's best suited at. And in order for him to be able to comfortably do that. Um, you know, uh, maybe like an Adrian Wilson or like a David Fulcher, maybe that type of the bigger, bigger cat. Yeah, something like that. And I, the name will come back to me here in a second. But somebody that you're able to just utilize as a chess piece, just you know, getting after it and and, and 
you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. I think with a John Johnson, uh, he's able to, you're able to better utilize uh, him in that regard. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for the, uh, for the call, uh, Tiki Town, man. Oh, I thank really you. appreciate thank it. You, God bless. Have a wonderful night. You too, man. Uh, back to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider T uh, is, is back on the line. Uh, how you doing, Raider T? Good. How are you doing, Vinny? Doing really good, thanks. Hey, I wanted to uh, weigh in on the whole uh, Cleve Farrell thing, and I normally agree with you about 100%. Um, and I do like Cleve Farrell. I think he's a good player. I think the fans are not really giving him an, uh, a fair assessment of the type of player he is, a quality player he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe both him and Crosby are flawed players in that um, they're, they're not complete, right? They're not going to be your Pro Bowl um, play him every down kind of player. What I'd like to see for both Crosby and Clee is see if we can bring them a little help. Somebody that can complement them and be rotational pieces so they're not on the field 100% of the time, keep them a little bit fresher so both of them can really hit their max potential. Um, you know, that's, that's how I see both of them. Um, and in terms of, you know, the grades, I don't know if I 100% believe the grades. I, I, I do believe that they show that Clee is better than a lot of people think he is. But, you know, until I see Max Crosby working under Gus Bradley's system and what they're asking him to do, um, because there was a lot of talk last year about him playing that crashing in technique, and he was really susceptible to the run. You kept seeing a lot of outside runs to his side just going around him because he was crashing in. So I don't know if that was his, his flaw or weakness as a player or if it was a flaw of the defensive scheme. Uh, but either way, like I said, I don't think either of them are going to be Pro Bowl, year-in, year-out, Hall of Fame caliber players. So I think not only do we need somebody in the middle to put some pressure on the quarterback to help both those guys, but maybe somebody who we can count on so they're not playing 100% of the time and just getting worn down. And, um, you know, that's my assessment. I don't know what you think about that. You think yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. And, uh, it, you know, they, they definitely do do that. You know, there's there's a rotation going on. Uh, uh, these guys aren't playing every down. Uh, but I think in Clee's, Farrell, in, in Clee's case, um, I think he is a uh, you know aside from when you just take him off the field to rest him uh, for for rest purposes, um, uh, uh, you, you absolutely do that. You have to do that at that position. But when he's healthy, or when he's when he's you know uh, other uh, aside from that, he is a three down player. And I say that because he plays the run really well. And I think that he he's shown that he's getting better in in the pass rush. The, the statistics show that. Uh, but also he's versatile enough so that on passing downs you can move him inside um, and and bring in a, a pass rusher alongside him at defensive end so that you can attack it. Uh, you know uh, fr- he's attacking from inside, and then you have the outside guy. So he Farrell to me is a guy that could play every down. Max Crosby exactly. has some work. Go ahead. Oh, you know I was just going to say I agree with that. So like on Pat third and longs. I'd like to see. I don't know if Vic Beasley's a guy or not, if uh, or a different guy they bring on the draft. But I feel they need a speed rusher on third and long or obvious passing situations, and Klee moves to the inside because he, he's more of a power rusher. I feel versus a speed rusher. Yeah, and I th- he definitely is. He's a he's 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 just. I remember watching him in training camp uh, this past season, and. The, the strength and the quickness and the volume, just the mass that he brings, uh, it, it's tough to deal with. And I think that, um, you know, on those known passing situations, and that's why, you know, in my blueprint, I'd have the Raiders, you know, probably taking a defensive uh, edge rusher that 
right off the bat could play that kind of a role. You know what I'm saying? Like where you move Klee inside and that play and that player comes in on known passing situations in order for that player to kind of get, you know, uh, his legs under him and you're not expecting him to be a, a, a three down, four down player right off the bat. Um, and just create that nice rotation, um, you know, uh, among your defensive linemen. So we'll see. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand why Raider Nation is arguing against a really good football player in Cleve Farrell and propping up a guy that hasn't been as good, just hasn't been as good as his posi- at, at his position in, in Devin White. Just watch it game after game, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about. If you watch Devin White, game in, game out, play in, play out, I think your opinion would change of him relative to how you think he stands up against Cleve Farrell. It's not, uh, Cleve Farrell's the better player. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Right back out to the listener line. Jose wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Jose? Vinny. Call you from LA. I just want to kind of go big name hunting. I just wanted to see uh, what, what do you think about like uh, the Damian Clowney? Is it even a possibility? Do you see as that as a potential you know target for us uh, to be able to get that big name pass rusher out there that maybe with this kind of potential injury hit that he has might not be as expensive as before? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, I know that um, there's there's been interest by the Raiders for Jadavian, just like there was last year for Yannick Ngagwe, and I'm I'm sure um, th- that'll be the case again this year. Obviously, uh, it comes down to you know what they want uh, in terms of a contract, and of course, they're always going to shoot for the stars and 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 expect to get every uh, penny of that those star all of those stars, but. You know, they have to be realistic and the Raiders have to be prudent. And somebody like Jadavian Clowney, you would think that at this point, after, um, you know, so many years of just not getting the massive deal that, uh, for whatever reason, he expects, maybe his expectations are a little bit more in line with, with, with reality. I think he could be an asset. He's, he's always, he's always um, helping uh, whatever team he's playing on. Uh, he typically does. Uh, he just... You know, he doesn't have the big, huge, sexy, you know, sack numbers. Um, and that's usually what's going to get somebody paid at that position the way he wants to get paid. Um, so he has to probably reel it in a little bit. Uh, but if he does and if it's reasonable, you know, then then there's no doubt. He's he's definitely somebody that helps your defense. And the Raiders are in the business of, 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 of getting better and improving that area of the game. Uh, so they're going to look at everybody. Got it, man. Well, thank you very much, man. Uh, definitely going to continue listening uh, to, to the station all the way from, from Los Angeles. Man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. All right, brother. Uh, uh, really appreciate uh, you listening and uh, say hello to Los Angeles. I miss it, uh, but I love it where I am here uh, in, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, I mean, names like Jadavian Clowney, uh, Yannick Ngagwe, uh, there's a lot of um, – there, there's 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 just a, a a lot of depth this year uh, in free agency, and it continues to uh, be added to uh, as we see. You know, look at the tackle population now. Mitchell Schwartz, 
uh, Eric Fisher. Those are two good football players. And I know that, you know, unfortunately for Fisher, uh, coming off a, 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 an injury late in the year, uh, so don't know where he's going to be physically uh, by the time uh, the, the year comes around. But somebody like Mitchell Schwartz, who uh, it sounds like at least um, he's good to go and and, uh, and and should be ready by, by OTAs and, and training camp, that's a guy you have to look at. You know, he's played at a high level. He's not a, you know, he's not going to break the bank. Um, he's not, you know, a Pro Bowl uh, guy right now, but at right tackle, uh, somebody that can hold down that position at a pretty high level, uh, that's somebody that you have to look at. I mentioned, you know, Rob Havenstein. Um, you know, he's a guy that is making, I think, it's $6.7 million next year. That's reasonable uh, for a right tackle that plays at his level. And he's a uh, – the thing I really like about Havenstein is he – he he uh, is a is a really solid in in pass uh, protection, but he's also a greater man. Uh, that dude is a. There's no secret why the Rams a lot of times run to his side uh, and and have success. Uh, he's a guy that really gets it done in the run game, and I know in John Gruden's offense, that's a huge, huge, huge consideration. It's not just the uh, the pass blocking, um, you know. That's that's important. You got to run block, and and that's something that he really does well, Rob Havenstein. And what would it cost you? I mean, if you if you take advantage of where the Rams are right now because of their salary cap, they're thirty three million dollars over the cap. I know Les Snead, their general manager, spoke yesterday uh, about you know um, trying to restructure contracts, restructure as many contracts uh, as possible. We saw the Raiders do that uh, today, um, you know, with Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski to shave off seven point one million dollars. Um, you know, and the but but when you're thirty three million dollars over, that's a lot of restructuring that you have to do, and there's danger in that. I just mentioned earlier, Corey Littleton. Uh, is it a great thing that you know that uh, that that he was uh, you know open to to restructuring his deal? Well, in his case, in their case, in most players' case, it doesn't matter to them. I mean, they're getting their money regardless. It's just how you structure it in terms of the signing bonus and then spreading it out you know, over a, over a length of time. So he's getting his money regardless. He's getting the guaranteed part of his money. It's just how you structure it. But the point is, is that, you know, Corey Littleton originally signed a three-year deal, right? That Well, that third year is up after next year. There's no guarantee that he's going to be here in 2024, or excuse me, 2023 or 2024. And right now, he's not on the books for, for, uh, for any of those years. However, his... There's cap hits that are happening even in the years where he's not, you know, uh, an official uh, member of the Raiders or under contract uh, for the Raiders. And there's one in particular uh, where you're looking at a $21 million uh, or excuse me, $21 million, a $7 million hit to the cap. Um, and he's not even on the roster. So that's because they re they've restructured the deal, not just once, but twice, actually. So you have to be careful with that. If you're the Rams, yeah, you want to restructure some contracts to get under the salary cap, but they're going to, all of those restructures are just kicking cans down the road that you have to pay for one way or another on your salary cap uh, ledger. So uh, you got to be careful with that. And that's why if I'm the Raiders, I'm calling the Rams and saying, hey, what would it take to get Rob Havenstein and, and get $6.7 million off your books for you? Easy. What, a fourth round pick? I'd throw a fourth round pick so quick. Uh, for for Rob Havenstein and and bring him into the Raiders and plug him in at right tackle the next two years absolutely you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador.